Hi, and welcome to the Tickled Ink Pod, a podcast about books and fandom. My name is Nabia, and I love fantasy and Regency romance. And my name is Diana. I love fantasy, hot guys, and apparently blue dong. <laughs> Who doesn't love a blue dong? <laughs> Which segues us into this episode, our interstitial. We are uh, going to cover the book Ice Planet Barbarians by Ruby Dixon. Yeah, so as promised on our last episode, we will be diving into this. Um, I'm so excited. I, (laughs) I, I read it that very weekend after we recorded our last episode and I finished it in like two hours. <laughs> I know. I was like, what? You're done. And then I was like <laughs> continuing to read on. I didn't think I would. I am now on book five. I mean, there are like 21 books in the series. Are I there just really? looked at it. And was, yeah. And I was like, wow, it's still ongoing. I think the last time I heard about it... Um, I think maybe I heard about it two years ago and there were like 13 books in the series. So she writes fast and there's like a lot. (laughs) I know. I think in like one year, she released three books or something when she first started because it it started out as a self-publication, right? So Ice Planet Barbarians is by an author who calls herself Ruby Dixon. She goes by something else. I don't actually know what her other name is because she also writes under another name. Okay, um, and we don't know, like, I don't know how this author looks like in real life. Like, no, I, I don't do. know who this author is. She in, could be some, like, life. serious writer that does, yeah. like, legal dissertations or something, <laughs> for all yeah, we know. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> This is, like, her escape, which is, like, thank you, Ruby Dixon. Thank you. This is the <laughs> Now it's our escape. escape. It is absolutely my safe haven but okay wait 21 (laughs) books though so like the whole planet is basically populated with this mixed race species by now i think yeah so we'll get we'll get into the premise of it um so i i only heard about this book quite recently i think um about a month ago my cousin michelle who i had hoped to get on and on this episode with us but she's not free tonight okay Um, so my cousin Michelle was like, hey, Nabs, you want to read Spicy Alien Smut? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, sure. <laughs> I'm open to anything. <laughs> except for dinosaur smut, except, apparently. <laughs> except for dinosaurs. So, um, so we draw the line there. <laughs> That's Michelle, our line. I made Michelle read it, though. Did she read it? She said... It was the weirdest thing she's ever read, but also kind of into it. (laughs) I think once you go down the monster road, it's just like anything's, you know, you're you're just open to anything. So now I'm intrigued because she is like, the world building was interesting. Hmm. And you know, you know how we go for world building. Yeah. And I'm just like, what world building with dinosaurs? (laughs) The way she described it to me, and I could have this all wrong, was it's like dinosaurs but Bridgerton. Wow. So I'm like, "Mm, I could be curious enough to pick it up one day. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We could just be bored enough one day and be like, hmm, let's just give it a go. Yeah, like a a beach retreat or something. (laughs) There's nothing better to do. 
Yeah. Anyway, so the premise of Ice Planet Barbarians um, is, and and I I feel like there should be a trigger warning. Um, I think in my copy of the book there wasn't a trigger warning up yeah, front, so I was I actually don't think quite. There was one in mine. Yeah, I was quite shooketh. Um, mm-hmm. I did not expect any of what happened in the first bit to happen. So our main character, our protagonist, our heroine, heroine is Georgie Carruthers, a human mm-hmm. woman, 22 years old, who went to sleep one day in her regular old apartment and then woke up strapped to a bed with her head pounding, surrounded mm. by weird-looking metal space and a voice in her ear, another woman saying, shh, don't scream, don't scream. Yeah. And um, so what happens is Georgie and these other women had been abducted by aliens, by little green men, mm-hmm. who we don't really see a lot of at the start. But mm. um, so, so what they found in common was that all the women who were abducted are 22 years old, unmarried and doesn't have close family. So sort of easy to miss. Um, big trigger warning in this first section is there is sexual violence involved by yep. the creepy basketball-headed aliens that guard them on behalf mm. of the little green men. So anytime they sort of want to teach the women a lesson, keep them quiet, they'll come in and abuse them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... So she's told not to scream and she doesn't really know why, but she just follows along. Um, And then there's another new girl that comes in and we know her later as Dominique. So this new girl comes in, she does not heed the other girl's warning when when they tell her, don't scream. And she starts screaming and then that's when we see what the basketball headed aliens would do to keep the girls in line. And, and it's violent. It's, and it's, it's violent. It's extremely violent um, sexually. It's terrifying. They do describe it in some graphic detail. So mm-hmm. um, just warning anyone out there that this is something that does happen yeah. at this point of the book. Mm-hmm. It happens one time. It's alluded to in other times as well. But I think yeah. this is the one time where they actually describe it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was very... Um, it's Actually, disturbing. It's it was very, very disturbing. disturbing for me. And I was like, yeah. I remember reading this. I was, it was like 11 o'clock at night and I was just yeah. clutching my pearls, you know, like, holy shit, and I, I did yeah, not I, expect this at all. Yeah, when I was reading that, I was actually fearful of going ahead. Like, I was fearful of yeah. forging on because I was like, is this the tone of the book? Like, yeah, like, I don't want to read sexual so violence. Good. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know if I can cope. <laughs> but, so that was... I think the only instance of sexual violence yes. um, that we see in this book, in like this I book, like I mentioned, yeah. even in the next books in the series, I'm on book five, right? So mm. <laughs> even on the next books, um, it doesn't really come up much except when the women are um, sort of in their own heads a little bit and they're like remembering the experience that they had with the little green men, and some of them do allude to having been abused sexually mm. um, but they never really go into it into any more detail than what they mm. do in this in this first opening sequence yeah 
So remind me again how many of them were in the hole. There were six of them. So there were six of them. So what had happened was the aliens had abducted six women and put yeah. them in pods. Yeah. Um, so those six women were asleep and safe and kept, you know, in perfect form and health and fed, etc. Yeah. in pods. But then these aliens, I guess, decided to make some extra money for whatever they're trafficking these women for. Yeah. Um, and got more women. So they got, what was it? Another six? I think there were another six or maybe there were, I think there were another six. Yeah, um, I feel like there were 12 women in total, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So so our protagonist, Georgie, is one of the extras. Yes. Right? So, and the ones in the hold, like, as we said, they, they get abused, they, they're not taken care of, they're barely given any food, they don't have basic amenities. Yeah, they it's, have a bucket in the corner foul. where they shit and pee. Exactly, it's yeah. foul, people are sick. Um, so they're headed to a very ominous fate. Like, yes. it looks pretty dark. And they bleak. have no idea where they're going. They've left mm. Earth. I think yeah. after they picked up Dominique... The yeah, last one, they, they left yeah. the atmosphere and started going into space. Yeah. Um, and one, one of them of, has a yeah, ear, Kira. like a thing in the ear. Yeah, yeah so Kira, one of the other girls, has a translator that was implanted in her ear. She was the first extra that was abducted. And then the aliens had this one single translator unit and they implanted it in her ear so that she could understand them and then sort of then warn the other girls what they were talking about or give them the instructions on behalf of the aliens. Mm-hmm. So the main and girls that we know so far are Georgie, Liz and Kira. I think the rest we don't really hear of in this book. Yeah. yeah. So those are the main girls we kind of get to know. Um, and then something, I can't remember what happened. Something happened that caused the green men to throw them away. Yeah, oh. so, so the ship was malfunctioning or something. The ship was malfunctioning. And then in the meantime, Georgie was like, we have to do something. So she made a plan with the girls. <laughs> She's like, she was organizing a rebellion of some sort, mm-hmm. like to escape. Yes. All uh, the other girls are scared. Because yeah. especially after what happened with Dominique, I think yeah. everyone's just scared to act out. But Georgie's mm-hmm. like, you know, she's got the spirit in her and she's like, fuck this. There are more of us. There's yeah. only, I think there's only two of them at any one point guarding them. Yeah. So when they, they dump us, plans. right? So the plan was when they dump us on this planet, mm. because the, the aliens, Kira had translated, basically the aliens were going to dump the cargo hold on a planet momentarily while they went and fixed their ship and they'll come back for the cargo yeah. um, once they fixed it. They figure it's like an uninhabited ice planet, so it wouldn't be a problem. Mm. And then the plan that Georgie comes up with and she sort of tries and convinces the other girls is that once they land, they're going to create a distraction, get the guards to come in, and then they'll like pound him and then you know, injure him and then try and get the keys off him and then escape. Yeah. It doesn't go to plan, but they do manage to escape. Like... Yeah. And Georgie, like, 
killed him, right? Georgie grabs his gun, has no idea how to use an alien technology, and just like smashes his basketball head in. Yeah. Um, and they kill him, and he's like super gory. She's covered in blood. Um, but they get out, and then they also see that a part of the ship, um, the cargo hold had torn, mm-hmm. and they see that it's cold, it's icy, and snowy outside. And they're not dead. Which and they're means not dead. They can. Which breathe. means they can breathe. Yes, yeah, they can breathe in that atmosphere. But it's freaking cold. It's winter. This is an ice planet. Um, they don't have. They barely have any clothes on them. They're all in their nighties because they were all yeah. abducted in their sleep. Like Georgie's yeah. in a t-shirt and shorts. Yeah, and, and I, no I know, supplies in the cargo hold. Yeah, and there was like one thing where Georgie thought, like in this moment where she's like, you know, in an ice planet alien had abducted her and her thought was I wish I had worn different pajamas yes <laughs> it's just like why did I wear this pajamas I wish I had warmer pajamas I know and I was thinking about it when I read that and I was like yeah I sleep in pretty skimpy like ratty t-shirt and shorts as well yeah. like mm, I can't sleep in thick pajamas. Like, I just won't be able to sleep. <laughs> exactly. It's not comfortable. But, yeah, so they land on this icy planet. Um, they have to figure out a way to survive because they barely have enough food and water. Yeah, basically, the aliens have been feeding them, like, weird seaweed bars. Hmm. And that's it. Yeah. So they're like, okay, there's snow, so you can probably drink the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, a yellow snow joke is made. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, of course, of course. And then yeah. they they decide that one of them should go out and sort of scout the area mm-hmm. and see if there's any people on this planet who might be able to save them or help them. Um, I mean, hoping for intelligent life. And so they decide yeah. it's Georgie because de facto by the act of coming up with a plan and executing it, she became sort of their leader. Yeah. Um, so then they get the guard's uniform off the guard and then put it on Georgie and it's surprisingly warm. Um, and then she climbs out of the hole. She sort of almost mentally says goodbye to the women because she has no idea if she's going to be able to survive. Yeah. And then leaves. And then she treks on. It is an extremely barren ice planet. It's basically like Antarctica is how it's described. Mm-hmm. It's super cold. Or Hoth. Or Hoth from Star Wars. From Star Wars. And yeah. then they start calling it not Hoth. Right? Yeah. I think Georgie calls it not Hoth in her mind. And I think in the rest of the books, they just continue calling it not Hoth, which is great. Yeah. Um, and then, so she finds like a, a copse of trees or what looks like trees, but it's really weird, right? So obviously it's alien terrain, so there's the familiarity of the snow, mm-hmm. but then everything else is like super strange. So yeah, this is like there's two suns. There's two suns, but they're both very weak. So even though the suns are high in the sky, it's not warm at all. Yeah. And then the trees are like weird pink eyelashes. Hmm. Is what they describe Just like giant weird pink eyelashes Yeah And there's like creepy looking weird animals Like a giant porcupine etc And hmm. then there's a watering hole And then she goes to to the watering hole And then 
um, sees like long reeds coming out of the water and then realizes very quickly that it's attached to like a piranha like man-eating fish so <laughs> don't go near the water can't drink the water and she somehow triggers a trap and ends up being hauled into the air in a net mm-hmm. so at this point I'm like oh thank god there is life on this planet <laughs> but at the same time oh my god she's in a net wow what a meat cute Exactly, like she's she's been ensnared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm trying so... to find that section in my Kindle. Yes, okay. So she um, is caught in a snare and then she passes out. Mm. And wakes up. She passes out and then we go into Vectal's POV. And yes, Vectal so they is... introduced us to Vectal. Vectal, who is... Uh, a native on this icy planet. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he's like, what is this thing? I don't recognize it. I have no idea what animal this is. And then... And here is when I think the world building to me started to solidify because there was like a bunch of new words like sahui. Yeah. It's like the smell is sahui and yet not. And so it's he sees something that's familiar but not really familiar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then he's shocked as his kui resonates in him. Yeah. Kui is spelled K-H-U-I, but pronounced mm-hmm. kui. kui. They, they clear yeah. it quite early on. Yeah, and it's a thing that vibrates and sings in them. And his is vibrating and singing at the sight of Georgie. Yes. He calls it a resonance. Mm-hmm. He's like, I resonated to this thing. Because he has no idea what Georgie is. Yeah. He's like, she's weird looking. Yeah, what is this thing? But I assume it's a she because he resonated. So so resonating, they explain, is... So the kui in him, which we'll get into. I guess we can just go into it because we're covering a whole book. So there's no really reason, yeah. any reason to go into sequence. So yeah. they have a thing in their chest called a kui which we find out later is actually a parasite or a sim a symbiont they call it so it's like a symbiotic um creature yeah that so lives to me in them it sort of reminds me of um the host by stephanie mayer okay i didn't read that i actually but pretty okay. enjoyed it i mean yeah. writing's questionable but i enjoyed the premise um okay so it's like a, a little uh, parasite that they have to get out of the native animals that live on that planet because they, mm-hmm. they're all like born with a parasite it's in their hearts and organs so mm-hmm. every time somebody is born um, on this planet and to make sure that they survive they have to host one of these parasites yeah so the reason and, and this is so this is when so I, I say I told my husband I was like I came for the blue dog, but I stayed for the world building. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because actually, there is a bunch of world building. Like, there's a bunch of alien words that she, Ruby Dixon, managed to make Vectal sound alien enough. Um, yes. But also relatable but also enough that relatable. you want to still do him. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, so th- in this world, um, it's they don't die immediately. Like, the atmosphere is 
like you can live in it for maybe like six days tops before you start getting nitrogen yes. poisoning i think from whatever is uh, in or the ammonia atmosphere. poisoning or something yeah, yeah like from whatever's in the atmosphere that's toxic to both fectals people and humans yeah. so the symbiont filters it out so you need the symbiont to be able to live on this planet yeah but it's also like a magic silver bullet ish which to me is like i appreciate it it's convenient but at the same time mm, bit too easy in yeah the symbiont also sort of gives you strength it helps heal your mm-hmm. wounds it yeah. bolsters your body that sort of thing yeah. so it's like okay i got the whole i appreciated the whole like world building aspect of it being the thing that you need to survive in the atmosphere i thought that was pretty cool pretty believable yeah um, but then like the whole oh okay so one of the characters spoiler alert has um a brain tumor in in one of the other books and then it's okay. cured oh by, wow by the queen yeah so in a way so okay so the way i describe this book is have you ever read um strange planet comics on instagram yeah by that nathan pile yeah so it's like strange planet meets a avatar. rabbit vibrator fan fiction plus avatar avatar yeah because they're sort of like so the the native creatures they're called the sakui mm-hmm. right sakui yeah. um they are like seven feet tall they're blue, blue. they have ridges all yeah. over their body, including their dong. Mm-hmm. Um, a con- tail. How, how convenient. Um, a long one that wags <laughs> <laughs> when they're happy or horny. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then so, and, and their skin is like covered by a soft downy fur, which feels like suede. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know what suede feels like anymore because I don't think I've owned anything in suede for a very long time. But mm. I'm like, I can sort of remember that i did like it so i'm like okay <laughs> yeah it's kind of like very soft leather yeah right i can yeah. get i can get behind it um yeah and so yeah very convenient everything's got ridges and it's like wow fantastic um, yes so back to the qui before we get to the ridges and the anatomy oh my gosh <laughs> uh, i know we're like impatient <laughs> I know. Back to like, the queen. Get to the good part already. Yeah, yeah. So, so the queen in their hearts resonate, or like mm-hmm. they, they basically. So there's this whole the trope in these books are fated mates. Fated mates. Right. Yes. It's very clear. Yeah. It's fated mates. Um. So the queen recognizes its partner in another queen, um, and it's also a bit convenient. It's like a pregnancy trope as well um, yeah where the queer resonates when the woman is ready and open yeah, like when it's like a fertile female that can carry the air i suppose like yeah. can carry the can, bloodline can carry a baby yeah um and it's like natural selection as well in a way where they like match you based on your ability to create like the healthiest strongest babies mm. um but also, as you get into the series, they build on this a little bit more where the concept of a woman's um, fertility and readiness to be a mother isn't just based on like where you are in the cycle. It's also based on where you are mentally. Um, like one of the women who was sexually abused 
by the basketball headed ones was like extremely traumatized as you can imagine and mm-hmm. she basically went through a whole journey over like the course of a few years to heal from that and then when she was ready to heal then she resonated um mm. so it's like interesting right um, yeah i like that i like that where it's like yeah, yeah it it's giving a bit of power back even though it's fated mates and usually fated mates is like part of the trope of white's fun is that you sort of don't have control over who you fall for mm-hmm. so that's why there's so many opportunities and fated mates for enemies to lovers and rivals to lovers as well which is quite interesting yeah. um but then it also gives this element of choice which i guess in this whole book series these women having been abducted from their homes really have had their choice taken away from them mm. but there's like all these many ways that the author gives them back um their ability to have agency over themselves yeah. mm-hmm. in in these books and that's what i actually really do appreciate like these female characters are written very strongly mm. considering they are puny as humans with no ridges and a soft downy fur to protect them from the elements mm. on this and planet. Basically, yeah, they like survive and them, thrive. Yeah, they they just abducted from where they were. Like they they have they are not ready. You know, like they have not had training or whatever. They don't yeah. know this. They they've never been in this kind of harsh environment. Most of them, Georgie, definitely not. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so then, that's the the how the queen works and the fated mates trope. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, I I really don't know what to go to next. Um, <laughs> either so the basically, okay, anatomy well, or the introduction of Vectal to Georgie. <laughs> yeah, I guess like. So we were, we were on Vectal, right? So Vectal starts like his quee starts humming, like resonating. Um, Georgie calls it purring, mm-hmm. so I guess it sounds like a cat's purr. Mm-hmm. So he starts purring, and then he's like exploring Georgie, I guess. It's like, um, because he's like, okay, this this creature does not look like me. Like she's a bit different. She's smooth. She's hairless except for the locks on her hair, um, and a small tuft between her thighs. She's adorable. She like Vectel's into it. Yeah, Vectel's so, like she's weird, but I kind of like it. And yeah, my and queen then clearly he just goes it. down on her. Yeah. And then he's just like, what is this between her legs? And then he gets extremely turned on. He scents her, which is a very, like, monster thing that I can get behind. Um, and then, yeah, she he just buries her, his face in her legs. Yeah. And so remember, Georgie had passed out. So she kind of wakes up to this. Yeah, the next line is Georgie's POV, and she's like, "Pretty sure I'm dreaming." Yeah. <laughs> but what and, the hell um, is this? <laughs> and remember those ridges we talked about. So mm-hmm. we're back in Georgie's POV, so we can talk a we little can go bit into about the anatomy. This anatomy. So she's she's having the time of her life, like being eaten out because his tongue has ridges, and it feels damn good. Oh my god. And he as well, later we find out, has no idea what a clit is. Like, he calls it a third nipple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a third nipple. Why? Don't but know. But he loves it. He's fascinated yeah. by it. And obviously, I mean, Georgie enjoys it. 
Exactly. It brings his resonance pleasure. So mm-hmm. that's why he loves it. And so again, so she she wakes up and she's like, "What the fuck is happening? There's some guy with a pair of massive curled horns rising from his head. Oh, so he's got curled horns rising from his head between my legs." As I watch his tongue, so he's like completely going into it. Read the book; it's super descriptive, super fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but let's describe the 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 guy in question, okay? The so queen, he's got the horns. Yeah, he's got yeah. horns. He's horns blue. rise from his hairline and curl around his scalp like a spiky leather uh, lethal helmet. So I'm picturing this. Um, do you guys watch? What's that? Star Trek. There's this like bad villain creature mm-hmm. that kind of has like a spiky helmet horn head thing. He's blue. He's bluish gray. Has black mane of hair that reminds me of a lion's mane. This is Jordi speaking. His brows are heavy, heavier than any human brow I've ever seen. His face rugged like it's carved from stone. And he's he's got like a striated pattern of ridges of some kind around mm-hmm. his forehead to the tip of his nose. Um, and his eyes has a glowing, is a glowing shade of blue. Yeah, like Jeremiah Fisher. <laughs> but like glowing. From the but like with I like lights behind it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blue like Carib- Caribbean waters, but completely without pupils of any kind. And they're glowing as if from within. Yeah. And... And, and then she goes like, it wasn't a monster come to eat me. It was this monster come to eat me out. <laughs> <laughs> I cackled. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I was trying not to wake my husband and kids up because I was just cracking up at this line. <laughs> it's like, I mean, if you're going to meet an alien, I think that's this the best the way kind of alien. Him. Yeah. And then he's just like, Obviously doesn't understand a word that she's saying. He just mm-hmm. looks up at her and then continues to eat her out. And she's like giggling, but also like super into it. And then... Yeah, she doesn't stop it. She doesn't want to... She doesn't even try. She's yeah, like, she's like, I'll get up and protest in a minute. Just a minute. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, so, yes. So that is what... The Sakui look like. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of dig the horns. So I I read, like I keep telling you, the Immortals After Dark series. Mm-hmm. And she has the demon race. Okay. And they have horns. And mm. their horns are like also an erogenous zone. And also very useful, you know, for like holding on. For so holding seat. on, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In this situation. I can dig it. <laughs> I'm like, I understand. I like it. I find them <laughs> <Yeah>. sexy. <laughs> I'm like, I find the horns sexy. It is definitely a turn on. <laughs> horns tick. Yes. Yes. So then, basically, they don't understand each other, but she, you know, has the time of her life. He's very proud of the fact that he's done that. He, I think, then, it's like tries to turn her onto her stomach and she's like no 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 I've got boundaries and then she kicks him and then he is super hard like his chest 
Um, she's like, it feels like I've kicked iron. I give a cry of pain, collapse on the blankets, my legs throbbing and my ankles shooting in pain. And the alien looks extremely furious because he's like, <gasps> my mate, my the resonance of my queen, my new <laughs> reason for existing kicked me. It's as if she doesn't want to mate. <laughs> yeah, her tiny strange foot in my chest. It's like <laughs> and then it's, I mean, so basically what follows is the two of them trying to communicate to each other not very successfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so the Vectel's language um, is more, I I guess, vowels, like a lot yeah, of vowels. Yeah, it sounds like less it's more consonants. softer and rounder. Yeah, softer, rounder. So he's like, to him, um, our human language is harsh. Yeah, so yeah. he can't say, like, the way he describes hearing when Georgie tries to say Georgie, like, I'm Georgie, points at her mm. chest. Um, he hears, like, Shorshi. Yeah, Shorshi. <laughs> Shorshi? Like, Sarsha? Sarsha? Yeah. Shorshi. And then, so they, they at least get that sort of, they, they get the names out of the way, right? And then, mm-hmm. she's hungry, he feeds her, he provides for his mate, which is, I love this. I love this fated mate tropes, because... Yeah, there's always this like I, I must think feed I my also mate. yeah this this whole like caveman I provide for my mate that really mm-hmm. like it really gets me going. Yeah. I, I'm into it. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I question myself where I'm like, yeah. I should want more, but at the same time, I want my mate to feed me. Yeah, and keep me warm. But also allow me to have my rights and choices. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. he does. Like, Vectal is so sweet. Yeah. Like, so he, I, never, he never pushes her into anything, which is what I like. Exactly. So as much as they don't understand each other, and the fact that Vectal is resonating, which for me yeah. is a bit of a plot hole, because I thought they resonate to the queens. Yeah, I think that's why he was so... Like, he was... I don't know. He was so shocked by it because it's like this girl doesn't have a queen, but yet I'm resonating to her. Yeah. So I have no idea how that works and why. Like, I yeah, guess. because to me this was a bit of a plot hole actually. Now that I think about it, mm. because at the end of the book, they get they hunt down one of the big creatures so that they could get the queen for all the other women, and then. The other women start resonating. Like, a few of them start resonating mm-hmm. with a few of the other aliens. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, how come it didn't work without the queen for yeah. these women? No idea. It's okay. It's a plot hole. We'll accept it. Yep. Because because of all the fun things that ensue. <laughs> so, then I don't all remember... All the fun things that happen. Yeah. So, I, I don't remember, like... Um, like I said, I read this book a week ago and I've got, like four books in between now and then. <laughs> so I sort of don't remember the the main plot of the story anymore. Yeah. But what I think happens? okay, so yeah. if I'm not mistaken, so I there's a there's a whole lot of um Vector is concerned, you know, uh, his resonance Shorshi is hurt, so she's broken her wrist, um she's dirty. Yeah, like she's, she's extremely injured from the crash and yeah, fighting that basketball head. Yeah, she's injured um, and she's not been fed, of course. Like, they have not been fed 
and she's dirty because she's been in the hole and um like when it went down the the bucket of crap of waste that they had like flung around the ship yeah and like landed on all of them yeah so Vectel's been kind of taking care of her cleaning her up feeding her keeping her warm um until he can get the hui for her because yeah. that's the only way she can survive yeah um but then Georgie wants to go save her friend like that's the whole reason she went out is to find um help right yeah so she so wants she go, to go back yeah. to the ship yeah she wants to go back to the ship up the mountain and she eventually they manage to communicate this like she manages to communicate this to Vectel and her like the deal they made was if you get me like George is like if you get me up the mountain I'll let you do me yeah and then Vectel's all like yes okay we're going up the mountain not without a lot of like hijinks as well because like as because they're trying to go in opposite directions yeah. Vectil's trying to get her to the tribal caves where he can get her to safety. Mm-hmm. She's trying to go back into the mountains where the crash site is. And and so at the at the start of it, they're like fighting and arguing and Georgie runs off and then she ends up falling through a pit in the ground and ends up mm. in a cave of like what they call metlaks, which is yeah. a creepy like standing... Are they like monkey-like creatures? Monkey-like, dog-like a little bit, but they don't mm-hmm. seem sentient. Like, they're just vicious. Yeah. Like, they tear people to they're bits. They're wild like. animals. Yeah. yeah. And and so, Georgie... Uh, Vectal comes down and, like, saves her. her. You know. Night in shining armor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> then they, like... So, Vectal ends up carrying her up the mountain. Carries her up the mountain cooks food for her in a cave, they stop, you know, tries to get her safe again. And then, you know, they make out a lot of heavy petting, a lot of sexual exploits. Mm -hmm. And all the while, she's like, you know, I'm being taken care of, I'm being fed by this extremely sweet alien who is like, you know, more than happy to go down on me and also feed me food and cook for me and get me fire. While yeah. my friends are freezing yeah. um, in the cargo hold with no food, covered in filth, and yeah. probably terrified as shit. And also in the back of her head, like, she doesn't know, right? Have the little green men come back mm. for them. Um, yeah. And she's just, like, wasting time here. So she's, like, as much as she's enjoying being with Vectal and starting to yeah. get, like, really connected to him she's also extremely, like, guilt-ridden and she's like, I need to go save my friends. After Vectel rescues her and they're having, like, a soft moment in a cave, they do it. They do it. They're, like, they're, like, learning about each other as well. So she's, like, you know, what, she's, like, what's this? Like, this is face, what's this? Mm -hmm. Horns, like, so Vectel's teaching him, teaching her words. She's teaching Vectel words. And then, yeah, they do it. Yeah, and it's really interesting. So one thing we didn't talk about with the big blue dong is it is it is huge as yeah. many as many supernatural romance type books are. <laughs> and he's seven feet tall. I the mean, males are big, always well guy. endowed. 
Um, yes. Yes. He's seven foot tall, so it should be proportionate to his body and height. He's also <laughs> extremely strong and muscly and broad. Um, so it is a, a foot long, <laughs> like girth of a baseball bat. <laughs> and and it has a spur at the top of it. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know, they describe like about the size of a thumb. Uh-huh. Um, and they like can't figure out what the hell this spur is for until... Um, until the end. Until until you know intercourse happens and they realize mm-hmm. wow it's like a it's like a rabbit. <laughs> exactly. So you know so the thing that struck me was like so while I was reading it and then like Ruby Dixon's like explain like you know describing the big blue dong and I was just like this sounds like something I've seen before. It and sounds like a rabbit, 100%. Exactly. I saw it immediately. Exactly. It sounds like a rabbit. Because I was like, I saw this in Sex in the City. I remember like a rabbit looks like and that. And I'm like, and if then, you're, you're going to write another race, and it's a fantasy <laughs> race, um, why why not design it like exactly. the best-selling so writer of all like, time? <laughs> I feel like this spawned out of, it's like a rabbit vibrator fan fiction. <laughs> yes. It's like how can I, how can I make this? This is best, an ode. How can I make the best penis ever? <laughs> so and actually, and she name drops the rabbit vibrator. Yes, which surprised yes. me because I was like, "This is the rabbit," and then she name drops it. She's like, "It's like a rabbit vibrator, but better." Yeah, I mean, of course, it's told by the POV of Georgie, who is a human mm-hmm. woman, contemporary, twenty-two years old. Who probably has one and is like, yeah, this reminds me of that, but so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like, damn, son. <laughs> Good job, not Hoth. Yeah. So anyway, then after they do it, they wake up and she's like, mountain? Um, she's already taught him what mountain means, right? So he knows what it is. And he's just like, dress yourself. Oh, wait, wait. Before that, she's like, so they do it and then... Vectal spills in her, and then she's like, "It's a good thing you can't make me pregnant, buddy." <laughs> because she you thinks know, interspecies exactly, uh, it's not gonna work out, right? She's like, "There's, there's no way." When I read that, I was like, species. "Why, why would you assume that, Georgie?" Exactly. I guess she's not a biologist, maybe. Yeah, this is how species begin. <laughs> this is how new she's species never heard of a liger. <laughs> Or a chicken. Like, you know the question, which came first? Chicken or the egg? Like, the egg, clearly, because whatever came out of it was then the proto-chicken, right? (laughs) That was created the first time by two species that had never mated before mating together for the first time. (laughs) Uh, I was like, oh, Georgie, you stupid girl. Oh, dear, Georgie. Just you wait. Mm Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, so they go, they make their way for the mountain. As they make their way, though, um, and checking all the traps, um, Vectal uncovers something under an oddly shaped lump in the fallen snow and finds a small, bare, five-toed foot like Georgie's, and it's frozen solid. Mm. And and that's when he realizes because he doesn't understand why Georgie wants to go up to the mountain. He just knows that he yeah. wa- she wants to, and he's like, okay, I will, I will do what my mate wants. 
But now she realizes, now Vectal realizes, oh shit, there are others like her and this is why Georgie is so desperate to get back there. Mm. And and so, you know, he rushes back, he's frantic, rushes back to Georgie and she's like, what is it, what is it? And then he just grabs her and hugs her and he's like, so sweet in this moment. I honestly, I fell in love with him. I was yeah. like, because he's just like shaken by the whole thing and and he's rattled and he understands what's driving her and he's just like hugging her and cupping her head and like holding her to to his chest and like trying to look into her eyes and trying to just make sure she's okay but they mm. can't communicate with words so it's just like all in looks and touches yeah. and and she's like what's going on what's going on like i'm fine and then and then he says something which, which to her sounds like georgie come with me obviously through gestures right not mm. not really in the words that sounds like come with me so then they bundle up they go out and then he shows her um the body and it's dominique who mm. is buck naked um and had frozen it looks like she'd been out there for a while and she cries and then and then he she's like i'm georgie that's dominique and then please we have to go up to the mountain and mm. and he's like mountain humans and and he's she says yes 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 so they go they set a grueling pace they get up to the mountain to the crash site and and she's you know he's like taken aback and scared by seeing her sort of climb onto it because this is an object that he's never seen before like a big metal oblong object in the mm. snow it's not something that's organic to this planet and he's like what the fuck is it because clearly they have a bit more of a primitive living just based yeah. on like them living in caves wearing furs cured mm, leather hunter, they're hunter gatherers hunter, yeah. they don't eat cooked meat like they can make a fire but they don't eat their meat cooked that sort of thing right yeah. so so it's more of a primitive lifestyle mm-hmm. um and so he's like what the hell is this metal thing and so they go over and then she she co- she climbs up the ramp and tugs the tarp to uncover it and then is hit with a snowball in the face and then a, a voice calling back the fuck off yeah and, and then i mean like to me, as I was reading this, I was, like, relieved. Because I'm like, oh, okay, they're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, thank God. <laughs> I mean, even though they have, like, only snowballs. <laughs> yeah, but at like, least they're still alive. Yeah, they're still alive. They're still fighting. Um, yeah, and then Georgie's like, it's me. He's uh, like, fuck off with the snowballs. Yeah, and they're like, what's with the lion, Georgie? Call it off. <laughs> <laughs> so she explains, you know, like, it's, he's a native, he's Vectal, he's a friend. Um, and then he, she introduces Vectal to them. Yeah. yeah. So they go in and, you know, she, she takes all the furs off her body and gives it to all of them because they look like they're bloody freezing. And obviously mm. Vectal's not happy about it because he's like, I must protect my mate. Why is my mate giving her furs away? Yeah. Um, but also, so another thing about the Sakui's bodies is that they are able to withstand colder temperatures, right? So, mm. obviously. So, they they still get cold, but nowhere near as cold as the humans do because the humans are just not adapted to this planet whatsoever. So, yeah. then they, they give food and water and then, and then 
you know they look at at what's going on and they introduce Georgie introduces Vectel to the women and then the women sort of like clock onto what's happening immediately it's like <laughs> because Kira, Kira no because Kira yeah Kira, Kira with the translator. translator yeah and cuz she's like she she gestures at his belt and she's like can i have that vectel she reaches for his belt and then he grips her hand <laughs> and gives her an incredulous look and then rattles off a string of syllables and then kira's like he just asked if you want to mate here <laughs> <laughs> and liz so liz is the most outspoken of the group and yes. he, and she's like oh shit that's what held her up alien nuki alien nuki i'm like oh my god the word nuki i have not heard that in a long time i know <laughs> uh, but uh, and then she immediately tries to explain and then liz's like i wouldn't just let us imagine for a bit and feed us i don't care if you fucked an entire stadium of aliens if you give me something hot to eat <laughs> so then um she you know they build a fire to warm the girls up there's no wood really um yeah. and then so he goes off to get some and then comes back and then Georgie sort of fills them in on what she knows about the planet um just based on like her limited conversation with a limited conversation with Vectel but then he realizes that Kira understands what he's saying so he starts mm. like talking to her and telling her about the queen and um also the plan right so he's like he so he's like saying that telling telling Kira like I'm going to go hunting and get firewood and keep an eye on my mate please yeah. and they're all like mate huh <laughs> and then even Georgie's like mate what he thinks we're mated <laughs> um yeah because she doesn't know their social structure right yeah. like what what do they believe in how you know she, yeah, she doesn't understand the queer thing yet. Yeah. I guess they explain it later. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Vectel's in his point of view and he's like, oh shit, there are five other human women and none of them have queer. They will sicken and die. One of them is already looking very frail. Like, she already has a rattle in her lungs that speaks of sickness because there's a thing called queer sickness, right, on this planet where if you mm. don't get that symbiont, early enough you will succumb to it and you will you will just die basically yeah um so they're trying to figure out like vectors trying to figure out how do i carry all these weak humans across the miles and miles that i need to go to get back to the tribal cave and save all of them mm. and so he comes back i'm i'm not going to go into all the detail but basically he comes back and they come out with a plan and uh, basically with Kira translating as well. The plan is that Georgie and Vectel will first go back to the tribal caves, mm-hmm. get help from more hunters and more of his people, mm. and return and, and rescue. Yeah, yeah, bring supplies, like more furs, food, water, mm-hmm. um, and, and also just more help to yeah. be able to bring all the women back. So then they make their way across... And then on the way to the tribal caves, they stop at what Vectel calls his elder cave. Mm. Yeah, and it's like, it doesn't look like anything else on the planet because it's rectangular. It doesn't look organic. It doesn't look yeah. organic. It's like sharp, you know, sharp lines. Um, yeah. And then yeah. they go in. Like the shapes are all a little bit too perfect. 
So Georgie's like, this looks off. It's all covered in snow, so she can't really see what things look like. Like the the cave walls are all covered in ice as well. Mm. But it's just yeah. all too perfect. Like everything's too rounded. Mm-hmm. Um, the shape is too symmetrical. Yeah. So at this point, I already have my suspicion. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's like, what is this, right? It's, it's yeah. obviously not an organic thing off this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do it. And then Georgie clocks on to what it is only because there's like lights flashing. Yes. After. So the, yeah, because they're doing it. And then she's like, what is what is that? And then um, in, in Vectal's language, he's like, oh, this is a cave of elders, the cave of stars. It's full of magic. That's what you're seeing. And then she pulls free. She goes to the far wall, presses her face against the ice and watches the light as it blinks again. And she's like, Vectal, is it a spaceship? <laughs> and then somehow she manages to activate the spaceship. Um, like I said, don't remember. It's been a week since I read this. Um, she activates the spaceship and it's like, so it's like Alexa or Siri where yeah. the ship speaks to her and detects that she's speaking a human language. Mm. And it's like, detected human language from planet blah, 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 blah. And <laughs> and she's like, oh my gosh, it understands me. And then when Vectal speaks, it detects his language and then speaks to him in his language. Yeah. And, and he's like shaken because it's this technology is not familiar to him. But to Georgie, yeah. it's something that she can relate to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then... So, yeah, and this so, is a very good part of like info dumping i guess yes right like so it's this a very is a clever way of doing yeah, it yeah so so this is where we get a lot of the information about the planet about mm-hmm. kui about um even vectors people the sakui yeah like um, how they originated on the planet like basically yeah. the spaceship that they're in originally was a pleasure ship which i mm-hmm. guess is like a cruise ship or whatever yeah and then it had crashed into this planet which had no other intelligent life forms and then they had um, figured out you know with the help of the computer that they needed to take on this queer thing to survive Mm. Um, but then not many of them had taken it up but then the ones who did survived and eventually realized like we just have to make a life here and Mm -hmm. they started this tribe and and that's all as far as the computer knows that's the history of that people and that ship's inhabitants Mm-hmm. Um, and then like it's great like you don't have to how else were you going to reveal to us all this history because Vectal's right. people don't know it it's been like so long and many generations since it's, since it's happened mm-hmm. um, so he doesn't know it Yeah, the stories aren't passed down like for all they know it's like they've been on this planet forever Yeah, and then explains to Georgie about the Kui and the mating and the resonance and then she sort of like is able to grasp all of that. Um, and then also, here's the best part of the ship. It's like, would you like me to download the language of the Sakui into you? And I was like, this is brilliant. I know. I was like, that's amazing. Yes. This is such a great workaround. Like, yeah. They don't have to figure out how to learn each other's languages. Yeah. So then, like, she's like, "Yes, I want it." And then, so the the ship, you know, disembodied voice is like, "Stand here in this spot," and then just stare at this one thing and don't move. 
and then a laser beam lights into her eyes and then she passes out and Vectel's like freaking the fuck out because he doesn't understand the human language that the computer was talking to her in and you know and then when she when she wakes up um when she wakes up she speaks to him in his language and he's like what just happened so then he understands what the computer has told her and then she tells him sort of like what she's learned very briefly and then so then so she sort of accepts that i need to do this quee thing because she still wants that choice so she right here she's still debating because she's like i don't know like so she doesn't she's still trying to get out of this planet um and there are five other women with her uh, plus the six in the pods yes so she she doesn't want to make decisions for them decisions for other people or, or herself yes yeah. so she's like i don't know i don't know if i'll take the queen i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen um we are not mated like in my world we choose our mates um, yeah and and then Vectel's all sad because he's like she might not stay she might not remain but still she's he just wants to make her happy yeah but at the same time he's like He's super sad, but he also is like, it's not me that she hates. It's yeah. the fact that she doesn't have a choice, mm. right? And he's yeah. trying to come to grips with that as well. But he's not pushy about it. Yeah, like, he She's doesn't so sweet. try. He doesn't try to like change her mind and doesn't try to like make her accept the queen, which is really not something I expected from this alien monster creature. Yeah, like, I thought he would be more Neanderthal-like and like more pushy. But wow, I was like, hmm. Factor's mature. I like him. Yeah, and respectful. Yeah, very respectful. He's like he's been to therapy. <laughs> yes. Clearly raised. He's by well a adjusted. Woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then we find out like there's only four women in their tribe. Like four yeah. available women in their tribe, but like yeah. I don't know, and, thirty twenty and, unmated mates. Men. Exactly, like, and the men mate for life, so they only mate with one other person. I don't know what to call them. Um, yeah, and there's only four women, twenty men. So you know, Vector has hopes for these women, these human women, to resonate with his people as well. Yeah, and also the fact that there are so few women um, in the tribe, sort of gives you some insight into why there's such a high degree of respect for the women as well because they realize mm. like you know these are precious resources um there's so few of them we must protect them we must make sure they are safe so yeah. there's like this fine line between like patriarchy of like i must protect the soft females but at the same time like we respect them um we look up to them, we do everything mm. for them, right? Yeah. We provide for them, etc. to make sure that they want for nothing. Mm. Um, so I don't know, I mean like it, Ruby Dixon does it in a very clever way where it's like she really toes that fine line where yeah. I don't, I'm not like sickened yeah, by exactly. the patriarchy. Like I'm not rolling my eyes at it, I'm not, yeah, I don't, I don't hate it, you know? Yeah, like exactly. It hits the I, spot. It's amazing. It it could potentially be extremely problematic. I think in the hands of a less talented writer, mm-hmm. but she manages to to work it quite well. 
So then they make it, they make their way back to the tribal cave, and you know, um, everyone's surprised. Like Vectal's brought this human thing with him, um, and then they find out that there's more humans, and they see that Vectal's resonated to Georgie. So they're like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, um, all the all the men who are, who don't have a mate, you know, and yeah, they all the men who, who don't them. have a mate. Yeah. yeah. Like they and all they, want, they all want the quee bait, and they want <laughs> their own families, and yeah. and they want it's, a woman to care for and it's to like cute to do. Because they're all like, like this is their dream. Like their dream is to be quee mated. Exactly, so that they can have like the great quee resonant sex, um, which apparently is like and the family. best thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, and a family. Like they all want kids. They call them. Yeah, which sounds cute. Yeah. And so, um, you know, Vectal gathers volunteers to go back to rescue the women. Um, and he he only gets volunteers from the hunters, which are the strongest males who are used to sort of tracking out um, into the cold snow. And Georgie insists on going with them because once they rescue the women, um, then they might get... They they will also then hunt down the Sakos, which is that big monster, um, that big creature that has the Kui, which mm-hmm. they will then offer to the women if they want to take it. Yeah. Um, Georgie at this point is like, still hasn't had her mind made up. Mm. But, but there is like a ticking clock here. Right? Yeah, because they, they're dying. Like countdown. They're dying. They have, yeah. they have like maybe like two days to live or something like that. Yeah, and the spaceship, because when Georgie first realized that it was a spaceship, she had, like, so much hope that she could fly them out. But mm. the spaceship doesn't work, right? Like, it's been... Yeah. It's been crashed for God knows how many generations. Um, yeah. So So she's like, I guess I just have to come to terms that I'm mm. stuck on this planet. But at the same time, she is really falling for Vectal as well. Yeah. And his sweetness and, and, you know, the lengths that he goes to to help her save her friends um, and also takes care of her and obviously gives her the, the good, good sex. Um, so she's falling for him and she's like, could I stay here or what are my options really? Stay here and be with this mate who has a great cock and <laughs> just wants to go down on me all the time. Yeah, and takes care of me and like or really die. cares for her. Yeah, yeah. Or die. Or wait for the green men to take them. Exactly. Uh, and be cattle. Exactly. Because like, be they don't know what their somewhere. fates are. Yeah. Um, what the green men had abducted them for. I just assumed to be sex slaves. Yeah. And sold to other bidders. Hmm. Um, so then... They make their way across with all the hunters and all the supplies. And everyone in the tribal cave is, you know, shockingly to me as well, very welcoming. I think for them, yeah. it's just like, wow, it's just more opportunities for us to grow our cave. For mm-hmm. people to get their resonance mates. Which is a very accepting and open view of it. And I was like, yeah. wow, I, I like this. I enjoy this. Um, and then they go, they rescue the women, but all the time Georgie's like feeling guilty because she hasn't told Vectal that there are six other women in the pods. Yeah. Which I thought was yeah. so stupid. I'm like, just tell him. He so would that be you so happy. Enough supplies. Like, <laughs> stupid and, woman. And they would be exhilarated. 
Exactly. <laughs> but also, like, oh so, my gosh, but also on Georgie's part, um, she's also wary of. She knows that the Sakui want mates. Um, yes. And they've seen that Fractal resonated for her, and they're hopeful that the other women, like they would resonate with the other women. So she's like, this is not open season on humans. Exactly. <laughs> but also, she's scared because. The women who were in the cargo hold with her, the spares, mm. are aware of what had happened. Like they'd been yeah. abducted, they've been crashed and marooned on this island, and they're also yeah. aware of Vectal um, and their situation. But yeah. the women who are in the pods have been asleep this whole time. Exactly. They. I mean, they. They probably just think they're still in bed. You know. Exactly. Yeah. So, so then they she- rescue the women. They get across. She comes clean to the fact that there are six extra women. And she's like, are you not mad? And Vectal's like, I'm I'm actually very happy about this. But at the same time, I wish you told me so that we would have brought enough supplies instead of like trying to stretch it between us. And then they hunt the Sakos. Yeah. So from where they went, they went, okay, we're going to go track for one of these beasts. And one of the hunters came back and is like, we found it. We found a herd. So they went, they go and track it. And then they bring down one of the beasts. Mm-hmm. And then they cut the heart open. It, it's, it's, you know, I'm making it sound very easy, but it's not like, it's quite hard to bring one of these guys down. Mm. Um, quite it's a huge. Few, it's huge. It's like how they describe it, like those big things in Star Wars. Yeah, like that big furry animal in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. On Hoth. Right? Yeah, on Hoth. Yeah. So on not Hoth, um, they not have Hoth. a similar creature. Yeah. That they then hunt down and then manage to kill successfully and then rip the heart open and then they pull out these like wriggling blue worms. Mm. Which was very off putting to me. I hate worms. I have like a real phobia of them. Mm-hmm. So I thought they were going, they had to eat it, but instead they have to. So. Like, Vectal makes an incision in Georgie's neck. Yeah, because Georgie, before this, Georgie's like, I've chosen to take yeah. the queen because I love you. Yeah. Right, and so it gives that choice And she to wants her. to stay. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to stay with you. Yeah. And because she's the first to meet the alien and also, like, fall in love with an alien. So she, she kind of is in a position of leadership. Like, she has to be the one to take it first yes everyone's like looking to her like how is this because nobody knows if the humans can survive taking a queen as well like Mm. what if you take it in and you die exactly Um, like you're so confident that it will help us but what if it has the opposite effect on our biology right Mm. so then yeah so she's like I'm gonna take it I wanna stay and I love you and then he makes an incision in her collarbone Mm. and then brings the creepy little glowy blue worm up there and then it like slithers in and disappears yeah. and i'm just like why <laughs> um it's just so terrifying and so gross to me i'm just like i even talking about it now i've got goosebumps all over my body um and she passes out mm. so everyone's like freaking out vectal's freaking out um and but then but then she comes back. But before she comes back, the rest are all, like they're bringing it to the other women, 
and giving them the choice as well. Yeah. And most of them seem to be going for it. As mm. far as Georgie knows before she passes out. And then she wakes up and her heart is purring. Mm-hmm. And she's super horny. <laughs> and then they have the best sex ever because now she has resonance sex like she has resonance sex she hasn't experienced this I Mm -hmm. think she now understands Vectal's perspective and why he was so horny as well she's like oh I I get it now yes she's like oh like you actually can't control yourself to me this reminds me so much of um, the vampires needing in the Black River Brotherhood series oh my god yeah Yes. Like, I can't help it. I'm just horny. I need to mate. I need to re- reproduce. <laughs> that that whole scene was so funny. Like was... they would be like one week or something. It's just like I need you. And then, and then the male, and then the male be... smelling distance is like exactly constantly with a cock stand. <laughs> it's so funny. I gotta reread that man. I know. The first one was um Bella and Zadist's book, right? I the first I instance think of you're Nibu. right. Yeah. yeah. And that was hot. <laughs> yeah, let's let's read one of those our next interstitial. Yeah, why not? And I I want you to read one of the Sherilyn Kenyon ones and we can talk about it. Oh yes. Let's just talk about other species <laughs> yeah. in the next few books. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not really in the mood to get into a big series yet. So we can just cover different books. Yes. Let's just do that. Yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah. So 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 they resonate happily ever after. They wake up um, and then they see the alien ship. The little green men ship sort of flying mm. over the distance. But then they also see... So they, they run away. They hide for cover. And then they see the ship sort of hover around the cargo hold mm. and then realize that there's no cargo in there and then fly out yeah. of the atmosphere again. So they're like, yay! But in my head, I'm like, there's no way. This is too easy. You're right. So, spoilers, did they come back? They do. <gasps> and it's pretty epic. Oh my goodness. And that's actually a really good book. Book three. You can skip book two. I don't really yeah. like book two. Book two is Liz. Um, I kind of like Liz though. Like I she like is Liz so feisty. <laughs> I do. I like Liz a lot. But I did not enjoy the Rashosh. hero. Because he was so pushy and overbearing. He basically kidnaps her. So, you I know, remember. At the so end this of happens this book, at the end of this yeah. book. Yeah. At the end of this book, Georgie wakes up. She looks around at all the women and then she asks, where's Liz? Mm. And then Vectal's angry and he's like, Rahosh has taken her. Yeah. Um, like kidnapped her, basically. So, um, oh, yeah. Another thing. Vectal is like tribal leader or something. Yeah, she, he's the chieftain. Of course he is. <laughs> of course he is. Duh. <laughs> so, yeah. So, he's like, I'm gonna, you know, he's gonna have words with Rahosh. Yeah. So, that's where we end on book one. Mm-hmm. Um, all the women had taken the symbiont. Um, but then, so book two is Liz and Rahosh. 
I just did not enjoy how overbearing Rahosh was. Like the kidnapping thing doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I mean, it's another trope. So it is another trope in romance. Like yeah. the whole kidnapping thing. It's like and a I Beauty guess, and the Beast sort of thing, I suppose. Yeah, and I guess but, he starts yeah. it with a civilized alien, so mm. that we would fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. But then you also show like they're also, yeah, like beasts, right? Exactly. Um, who don't understand. Mm. human custom blah 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 mm. but then the good part about it is that they don't normalize it like it is actually really really bad in the eyes of the tribe to to do this right to kidnap yeah. a woman mm-hmm. um so that's quite interesting yeah just read it it's just like a two-hour read yeah i'm, I'm then, still gonna read it but i am looking forward to number three because i know that one is kira's book right i know and i love it i love mm. kira and the hero aiko is so handsome okay he's like the young smiley jokey you know like the nice guy yeah 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 he's the jokey one he's cute but enough there's like enough conflict and drama um and like internal conflict wait so wait kira is the one who was so she's the one with the trauma right she's the one with the translator no who's who's the one who had been violated before Tiffany. Oh, okay. Her book is also actually very beautiful. Mm. So I just finished Poor it. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, you know what? Touch wood, but no idea how you would recover from such a horrendous right. event in your mm-hmm. life. But it felt authentic to me. Hmm. Like, it wasn't, like, easy way out of her yeah. trauma. Like, there was no magic fix. She really just had to, like, work on it herself. Yeah. Um, and rebuild her, like, sense of safety mm. and, and, and her boundaries and how she manages it and stuff like that. So, mm. I, thought it was, I thought it was a really good book. Yeah. I liked it. So book one, book three, and book five are it for me. Book two and book four are sort of like a bit of a miss. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like clearly, <laughs> so I enjoyed the Ice series. Ice Planet Barbarians. Oh my god! Finally, I I read this book. <laughs> yes. It's been like it's been blowing up on I think TikTok. I think it blew up on TikTok. Um, during the pandemic, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So I've been like, should I, like, it, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? And then, like, when we were like, let's do it, I'm like, okay, you know? Yeah, I, have I been, enjoyed it. I have been dithering on this. <laughs> yeah. It's also not, it's also not, like, the most out there thing I've ever read in my life. Exactly. Like, it's everyone was making out it there. out, yeah, everyone's making it out to be like, oh my god, it's like alien sex, but I'm like... No, it's basically like, if you had the hearts, if you had the hearts for any of the Avatar, you know, in James Cameron's movie. Yeah, or even Basically, like, that's it. It's just a fantasy of Guardians of the Avatar. Galaxy. Yeah. Right? Like, exactly. Guardians of the Galaxy, Gamora, Nebula. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you have... Like I read, I read supernatural romance. So for exactly. me, like yeah, horns, werewolves, demons, mm-hmm. ghosts, like you name it, right? Like, so it's not that yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, I guess for people who haven't really, they're delved still humanoid. Into, haven't really delved into other species and creatures. Probably exactly. find it. Um, like I think when they're there. humanoid, it's okay. <laughs> 
Yes. But then, like, you know, we also read, like, Dune and the Elder Games, Ender's Game and all that stuff, right? Like, there's so many sci-fi novels out there and mm-hmm. it's not it's not unheard of. The unheard of one is Dino. The Dino romance. one, exactly. Because it's like, I don't know. So, yeah. yeah. It's just really weird to me to the point where I really want to read it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, how is this going to work? Like, yeah. how? I don't know. What is this world? <laughs> I'm so intrigued. <laughs> I know, right? Like, Next one? Hmm. <laughs> I don't Shall know. We? I don't know. Am I ready? Am I? I don't okay, know. We'll discuss it. But it yes. shall definitely, I think our next episode will also be covering another book in a different series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll okay. just cover the whole like world building and all that stuff. This is quite fun. Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you for um, listening to the Tickled Ink pod. I hope you enjoyed yeah. um, listening along. And I hope you uh, give in to the temptation and read some Ruby Dixon Ice Planet Barbarians because you will not regret it. <laughs> I have a wrap. Yes, please. <laughs> this please is especially, this goes out to Nabiya's hubby. <laughs> <laughs> Who loves when you rap. my raps <laughs> so much. My anaconda do. My anaconda do. My anaconda do want some if you make my queen home. Oh my god. Look at that junk. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>